Fake handoff, he'll throw it on second down. Deep down the middle, wide open man, Akeem Butler! Over the shoulder catch! It's gonna be a cyclone touchdown! That's a little moxie about him, doesn't it? He absolutely does. You saw how fired up his sideline was, and they're gonna be elated for this! Purdy to the end zone! Because, yeah, good's good. But what's elite in the elite moment? Don't, don't tell me what you've done. Go back into the critical moments and tell me what you should have done when you had the opportunity to do it. That's what elite is. That's what warriors do. That's what champions do. Welcome to the Lightcast. Welcome back, listeners, to a special post-game edition of the Wide Right Natty Lightcast. Uh, you know, we've been on hiatus for a few weeks here now. We've had a lot going on in life, and uh, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say it was going to take something special for us to come back, but I think something special happened tonight in Hilton Coliseum. We wanted to just do a little bit of a uh, talk about the game, talk about Isaiah Brockington, and uh yeah. The uh, the most original thing I can imagine is an instant reaction podcast. So let's do it. I've got Matt Nelson now, a father of two, by the way, with me. I'm Austin Keeney, and yeah, let's let's chat, Matt. Uh, first off, I want to say congratulations to you on giving birth to the child that has never allowed Iowa State to lose a men's basketball game. That's right. I'm happy to be here. Not only has baby Charlotte uh, ended the losing streak. Baby Charlotte is three and zero in her lifetime since joining joining the world and joining the Nelson family. So um, we all owe a, a little bit uh, a little bit to Charlotte for this. Matt, you were really fired up because uh, the first thing you told me when we got on this call is that Hilton Magic is back. Now elaborate on that for me. Elaborate on that. That's a good point. So oh, Hilton Magic, it's not. You know, Hilton at Magic is it's not like it's this spell that Cyclone fans cast. It's these these kooky things happening in that building where the, the fans seem to be a source of energy for the players. And, and the building was not sold out tonight, but there's no other way to describe what happened. Being down 10 at halftime, being down 10 under uh, under the, the, you know, the under 16 timeout. Uh, and then all of a sudden that game uh, was tied just, you know, under the 10 minute mark. Uh, you had some unfortunate missed free throws and just the game tightened up down the stretch. You had, I mean, I told them, I, I, I said to my wife, Keeney, when Iowa state missed those free throws, they were down two and West Virginia had the ball. There was like two fifty left. I was like, this is pretty much it. They're going to go down and get a bucket. We're going to miss a quick shot. They're going to make a dumb three game's going to be over. And instead we're sitting here, um, talking about a just an incredible improbable comeback cyclone victory so to me that is exactly what hilton magic is yeah i think that's a good place to start is this was this was not a great effort by iowa state i i think by any means there were a lot of things you could point to the missed free throws the defense just kind of not showing up and, and part of it just west virginia being extremely physical and being a bad matchup for iowa state i I thought this was going to turn into like a wrestling match. And I, and I really thought somebody was going to get injured with the way the physical play was going on in the first half. And 
Uh, West Virginia hits a couple threes to go into the locker room or up 10. I, I mean, Iowa State was playing pretty well at the start of the game, and then all of a sudden we're down by 10 points, and it's like, holy cow, here we go again. Another one of these home games against a bottom half of the Big 12 team and actually the team that's sitting in last in the Big 12 right now. Uh, a lot of credit to Iowa State for really just summoning up pretty much all it took to win the game. That's, that's really all we needed from tonight was to win the game, and I think that just perfectly segues into the Isaiah Brockington story because this is the Isaiah Brockington game that we will talk about for a few years, uh, maybe for a lot of years. So the final numbers, 35 points of Iowa State's 84 and undoubtedly the best defensive play of the season, getting the steal on the inbounds pass uh, to put Iowa State up one with about 25 seconds to go, a couple defensive stops from there. Matt, this was the best game you've seen, best individual performance from an Iowa State player you've seen since when? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> this is a tough one. I Best one I've seen, you know, in a, in a competitive game, um, probably since George Niang and Buddy Heald dueled down in Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament. I know that's maybe not a super common one. You had Melvin Edgem drop 48 points in a game, but <clears throat> that that game against TCU was not a very high-level basketball game. It was a bit of a blowout. Um, I'm talking about just pure money time, big time bucket getting uh, all game long. Uh, Isaiah, he is just a, a, a hoops machine, man. That's just what he is. Uh, the plays that he made in this game to shoot five, you know, make five threes uh, that steal at the end of the game. And that I heard the guys on um, Sound the Sirens talk about this. Man, the degree of difficulty on the shots that he takes, it's it's out of this world. And he makes those shots look easy. It's it's hard to describe what he's been doing this season, isn't it? I, I find myself getting upset watching him shoot those contested twos and then they go in. So, you know, it's it's a lot of that. No, no, no. Yes. Kind of thing. Right. But he he has free reign to do it for, I guess, forever. Um, I'm petitioning to rename sort of that air that five feet between the three-point line uh but not quite into the paint we need to come up with something catchy for what that should be called you know like the the isaiah zone the i zone the brocking zone something like that uh because that is his thing and i i think this might have been the best the, individual the, IB, performance. the ib zone there we go i got it yeah the ib zone something we need something and i it needs to be on a t-shirt but uh this I'm glad you brought up the Melvin Edgem game because, yeah, I I think this very clearly passes the Melvin Edgem game in terms of just great individual performances. That was, you know, he dropped 48 points and had 18 rebounds against the TCU team that was not very good. And a lot of those buckets were just, you know, set up for him. I think he had like 15 dunks in that game, conservatively uh, speaking. So at least I think I think it's seven alley-oops, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I was stunned to hear that this was Brockington's career high for three-pointers. He's been a, an effective shooter. I almost right. wished he would shoot the three a little bit more. I know he just kind of sure. falls in love with that shot one step inside of the three-point line when it's like, man, you know, half a, half a foot farther back and we're getting an extra point out of it. But uh, no. Um, this, and then this, that, we haven't even talked about Kenya, his poster dunk at the eight-minute mark or his steal at the end of that game. Both yeah. on their own are incredible plays. So the steal isn't, uh, you know, I'm not willing to go far enough to say that it's a season-saving play, but uh, I, I think, 
Well, maybe, you know, maybe we're in the business of just like throwing out the hottest takes you can find. That might be a season saving play for Iowa State, because if you pick up your 10th loss of the conference season, I know that we don't really need to talk a lot of bracketology yet, but it's you're going to be hard pressed to get to that seven, eight win conference mark if you drop a home game to the team that's in last place in the standings. And Iowa State, I don't think was going to win that game unless Brockington made that defensive play which he just no. happened to do. And by the way, that shot he made after the steal was not an easy shot. No, fading away with a guy right on him. And and I was just watching the highlights a second ago, Kenny, but at the, the just, just over four minutes, he backs a guy down into the lane and takes a, a step back, contested, you know, 11-footer and buries it. West Virginia takes the lead again. He comes down again, next possession, and does your, the patented, as you say, no, 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 yes, deep two deep two and buries it again. I mean, he, from like the eight minute mark to the four minute mark, it was like every trip down was a bucket for him. And, and uh, you, you can't replace, I mean, just his rebounding, his rebounding effort. He's a good defender. You're probably right. He probably should shoot more. I was almost surprised to hear them say on the broadcast that he's a 40% three point shooter because he does not shoot very many threes. Um, but I incredible, incredible. I actually think we need to, we need to shed a little love to a, a few other places. Um, I know, you know, Jazz Koontz, the free throw thing is concerning, missing that many. Um, it's it's cost Iowa State in some other games. Uh, obviously, it's huge that they were over to overcome regardless. But when you get points from Jazz early on, um, it, it just it's a huge boost to this team, uh, especially since we want to play small. Um, and then, I mean, what else can you say about Gabe Kalsher making three threes in the second half? I think he finished with uh, was it 17 points, 18 points, uh, made a couple really tough layups under the hoop. Uh, and those two threes he made at the end of the game could not have been in bigger spots, same part of the floor. And that you could tell that that shot was going in as soon as he took it. Um, that, I mean, that is just clutch, clutch three point shooting from a guy who's, you know, who's really kind of struggled or at least been up and down from three all season. So, um, my final thought on just kind of this game in general, I know I've seen some people talking about it on Twitter. some, some fans of a team out East have said it too, that, you know, this was last place team in the big 12. This game should not have been this close. I'll just say this. West Virginia is a bad matchup for Iowa state. You mentioned it once already, Keeney. I will reiterate that they have size. This small lineup has been working well for Iowa state. It does not do well against this team. I mean, they were out rebounded by almost 10, the entire game. We saw the effects of that, but also they play so physical that this team, I think it was King McClure said on TV. And I think he's right. That we are a very good cutting team. You can't cut when you're getting grabbed and held and pushed off of your path every single time. And while those are fouls, and they were called a lot in this game tonight, which is part of the reason this game was so brutal to watch from you know 30 minutes, um, that really disrupts your offense. And this team is just not a good matchup. And it has not been for Iowa State. You know, if you discount that blowout win in the Big 12 tournament final, we've only won in Morgantown, you know, one time in recent memory, that was a, a kind of an Abdul Nader coming out party back in 2014. And we've even struggled with them in Hilton Coliseum. So don't, don't be distressed by how this game went. Uh, the end result is what Iowa state really needed. This probably gets them out of, uh, out of that Wednesday night, uh, game down in Kansas city, unless that, you know, they, they lose all three of their last final games, which I, I don't think really anybody expects to happen, but is, is possible. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, you, you mentioned bracketology, Keeney. I'll, I'll put it in a shameless plug. I wrote an article about this today for the website um, talking about this. Uh, Bracket Matrix, which is a cool website that kind of goes across any bracket that gets posted to the web and, and kind of puts 
kind of basically just uh, combines all of those seedings into where uh, where teams stand. They had Iowa State as essentially the number one eight seed with with their ranking being um, essentially on the verge of being a seven seed. And if you look at Jerry Palm at CBS and, and a few other Sports Illustrated, they actually have Iowa State as a seven seed. In some cases, the top seven seed because the resume is very good. And a lot of the teams in in their neighborhood are all not power five teams. They haven't played the same type of schedule. Um, and I I had kind of written as a prediction that if they if they at least split this week, they'll most likely stay or, or maybe move up because of some attrition a, a tiny bit. But if they, if they pick up another win on Saturday, they really do stand the chance to at least for sure be a, a very high seven seed. They might even find themselves moving up to the six line. It's very possible. And I know it's, it sounds too early to talk about brackets. If they, if they lose out, there's still a chance that they miss, but I, I still think that's hard to believe. Keeney, they're 19 and nine. They're six and nine in the big 12. And before this game, um, they were ranked find the ranking 28th in Ken Palm, 26 in BPI. Uh, and their net ranking was 34th. 34 means they are pretty solidly in the field. Yeah. I, let, let's let's say this. I never feel bad for winning a Big 12 game. West Virginia nope. is three and 12 in the Big 12. They're 14 and 14 overall. They actually rank 67th in Kempom, and that is the last place team in the Big 12. The Big 12 is the just absolutely absurd. Uh, that is absurd. They very easily could have beaten Baylor on the road. They've had a couple of close calls. I I think their record is deceptive, and they've lost a couple games where their best player Taz Sherman has been. Uh, either limited or out due to injury or COVID or, or otherwise. So that's a that's a solid basketball team. Like I said, this was not Iowa State's best effort, which is why I think it was important for us to come out with the win. Uh, you mentioned Gabe Kausher hit the two free throws when they counted the most. I still don't understand why we don't foul up three. I feel like as Iowa State fans, we've been traumatized by that before. But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to complain about a win no matter how it comes. So. Uh, if, if we're looking at the Big 12 now, we are sitting at uh, with a nice record of six and nine and uh, half a game back of fifth place, which is TCU, who has a very difficult closing schedule. And Iowa State still gets to play Oklahoma State at home and Kansas State on the road. So there's an opportunity for us to potentially move up as far as, say, fifth by the time we get down to Kansas City, which is right in that Iowa State range where you know, you catch fire for three days and, you know, you win that conference tournament as we've seen happen a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I will be down in Kansas, Kansas city for that. Um, I hope you all decide to go down as well. Which is what it's big, big night overall. You had the women pick up a dominant win over a really good Kansas squad um, and continue to look like they're, it's going to come down to a home showdown against them in Baylor for the regular season crown. Um, Kenny, I just, I, I just think, what did we see again from this team tonight? We saw offense. We saw a lot more cuts. We saw a lot more creativity. We saw open dunks. Um, we, we saw, you know, defense that at times was good and at times, again, just really struggled with West Virginia size. A lot of their buckets came from second and even some third chance points uh, with some rebounds. Uh, still a couple bonehead turnovers, but in general, this is what we've been seeing from, from Iowa State. The defense has has been there when they have needed it. And the offense we're seeing just kind of hit a different level. And, and, and it, it's easy to do that when you get the effort that you got from Gabe Kalsher. I know, you know, Brockington was 
unbelievable tonight, but he's he's going to give you 28 plus every almost every night. So continuing to find scoring from uh, from Jazz, from from Kalsher, Tyrese Hunter. I mean, man, Tyrese Hunter had a nice game tonight. He he didn't quite get to a double double, did he? Assist wise, he was close. He had nine uh, assists, which nine I believe assists. was his season high. Yes, and he was he was just like the most in control of a game I've ever seen. Well, obviously he's a freshman, so we've only seen yeah. him you know twenty some times, but I think that was the most in control I've ever seen Tyrese Hunter play. I, like I he, he was attacking was the rim, he was dishing, he was getting fouled on takes, not hitting all our free throws. There too. Yeah, hit a three. Uh, he's a gamer. I, you know, I don't really care what his three point percentage is. If he feels good about taking one, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. He can probably shoot. And I, I even like, you know, he, he got, uh, he got rejected in transition. West Virginia has got a lot of size. They're big. I, I still love him pushing the ball there. He gets a ton of steals. He's a, he's a steals machine. Um, he, at this point, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty much good with whatever decision he makes on the floor because he is in control, as you said. So um, overall, just an, an unbelievable, uh, you know, an improbable win, a game that Iowa State really did not want to lose. Uh, don't at this point, you don't care about how it happened. Uh, it, that's not going to matter on the resume anyway. Sure, a, a 10 point plus win would have maybe affected their net a little bit more, but it does not matter. You avoided that loss. Uh, you protected Hilton. And I think more than anything, Keeney. Uh, TJ and these players got to finally experience that dose of what what this building can do when 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 they make the right plays and when you get fans in the game. It's why this building is has historically been so hard to play in when things are right. And uh, I think I think that is big. That's something that we really didn't see very often under the Steve Prome era and probably didn't see it at all up until this point. Um, that certainly means good things for the you know Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game remaining, but. Um, that goes a long way with fans. Fans do not like making the trip to Hilton and losing games. And uh, I just think there's a lot of really good momentum building up behind this team. Well, you know, apparently it's it's really easy to get to Hilton, uh, you know, from Des Moines. That's that's the only reason that we fill it up is because we're 45 minutes from Des Moines. But uh, no, there's there's a will to win. <laughs> there's a will to win with this team. We've now seen them win a game against Texas Tech at home where we scored 51 points and uh, got this win over West Virginia where we gave up 81 points. So. Um, yeah, this team, I mean, they got a lot of fight in them and that's, that's what I'm really looking forward to down the stretch. Um, just to wrap this thing up yeah, you mentioned the women did play tonight. It's, it's almost, um, it's almost nice that we don't have to talk about the women's game that much. They just bombarded Kansas from three from the start. I think they finished with 17 threes total tonight. Uh, what more could you ask for? You got Baylor coming to Hilton Coliseum for the women's game that will essentially decide the big 12 regular season champion. Um, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you could ask for more. I mean, that women's game, their their three point shooting in the first half. I mean, it was just tip me over and pour me out three after three after three. I think in one sequence I saw it was Aubrey Jones three, Aubrey Jones three, uh, sorry Ashley Jones three, Ashley Jones three, Aubrey Jones three, Donarski three, Kansas timeout. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they that had was a, they had a unbelievable. sequence in the first quarter where they made a three on five straight possessions. Oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, they get that that NBA all-star game uh, style shooting out there. They didn't have Morgan Kane tonight. Uh, they won 85 to 59. Um, fans, for for those of you out there who maybe haven't been paying attention, it, it is time. It's time to get out to Hilton. It's time to watch this team because um, they're not just good, Keeney. They're probably going to get to host two first-round games in Hilton Coliseum. They'll almost NCAA certainly tournament. be a – yeah, they'll almost certainly host uh, first and second-round NCAA tournament games 
And I, the one line is probably out of reach, but they probably. could certainly certainly end up on that two line, especially if you win the Big 12 regular season and can double it up with the Big 12 tournament. Who knows? Maybe it may be a scratch at that top four. But uh, no, great things happening on basketball all around. Um, man, it, I just if you think about where we were, you know, like 11 months ago, the state of basketball at Iowa State University, you know, the, the women had a team with a lot of potential. But you're thinking, man, they just they let one slip away and the men were two and 22. Um, we should have known should have known that uh, 2022 is going to be our year when we went two and 22 last year in men's basketball. So um, incredible turnaround. I'm, I think we're going to get to talk about things a little bit more going forward, which I am looking forward to. It's great to have good basketball. Uh, shout out to TJ and the boys, Matt, it was good to talk to you. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here, but uh, yeah, we will listeners. I promise we will catch you again soon. It's the best time of the year. It's almost into March. And uh, that means conference tournaments. That means, the most exciting postseason in all the sports. Absolutely. Uh, buckle up. If we uh, expect another one of these, if they can pull off a, a road win in Manhattan this weekend, because that would really pour gasoline on the fire. All right. Uh, shout out to Estas Bar and Grill, by the way, for allowing us to do this podcast. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Matt, I'm sure he's up most every single night because he's got two kids at home. So that's correct. Uh, Probably not doing a lot of sleeping, so hit them up at like 3 a.m. with your takes. Send me your, your scorchingest. I will be up. All right.